just a little bit of a review where we left off two weeks ago. Um, I'd use that metaphor of like a Tesla. We're going to, we were in Isaiah uh, 12 and 13, and we are um, it's, we are shooting <laughs> like a little rocket, um, and we're going to be moving up to Isaiah 40. Um, part of the reason for that is we. Well, a lot of the reason is I don't want to be Isaiah for the rest of our lives, but um, really what we had covered in 1 through 12 and 13 was really sort of the substantial portion of everything being laid out for Isaiah um, and the historical situation, and we looked at all that, and then really what you have a lot going on in 13 through 39 is primarily you have sort of the execution of no pun intended there, but of God executing his plan um, with all these oracles and everything that God said he was going to do, what you see is he, he's actually doing it. Um, and we're going to actually look at some of the reasons why he does it that way, um, possibly tonight. So what I want to have you do, it's always fun, you know, is trying to say, okay, here guys, read this, all right? It's a lot to read. Um and to read Isaiah 13 all the way through 39, um, so you can get a good sense of everything that's going on there. Um, as we enter Isaiah 40 through 55, it's probably the section that probably is um, most one of the most influential sections of the entire scripture is Isaiah 40 through 55. Um, so we will, again, go at the pace that we will go at um, as we start looking at it. Uh, so... What I want to do tonight, at least to start out with, is to sort of see, because my assignment was, you know, read Isaiah 13 through 39 um, and see if there's anything that strikes you. There's a lot there going on, but anything that really strikes you as you're as you're looking through all that, as you're reading through all of it. Um, and so I just want to sort of open that up first is to say, if you did... Were there things? What is there anything that you saw in there? Anything that just stood out? Um, yeah, I have some comments. Love, I, I yes. Just, I, I took your advice and I write things as I go along. Yes, great. So I just flipped through and made a list of the things that I wrote along the way. Uh huh. Oh, and fantastic. Basically, what I come up with is uh, powerful laid low. Man's power hmm. and pride of no available, the Lord's timetable. Um, men want to turn to their own idols of no use. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord gleaning his people, physical things being brought down, mediums of no value. Um, I was interesting to see that Isaiah walked for three years naked along the way. Man's power brought down, sin and transgressions uh, were kind of like what underlined what was going on at that time. Um, punishing the earth for its iniquity, um, mm. arrogance of man's power, rebirth, redeeming power of the Lord, and um, prayer and science. Wow, so. excellent. So, taking that whole list... If you were to have to say to someone, what's the main thing? What's the main thing that you got out of all that reading through there? Man got what he deserved. 
There you go. Okay. All right. Yeah. And why did he get what he deserved? Because uh, they were leaning on their own way of doing things and yep. not not um, acknowledging the Lord for guidance uh-huh. or uh, they, they were doing it on their own basically they turned yeah. their back on him and um, using all the worshipping of their idols and uh, their building of their cities and their treasures and all of that stuff that man created for man's little empire was totally useless and of no avail. Hmm. It was just had no uh, no power against the Lord's judgment, and yeah. and it was just all just blown away. Hmm. And it just happened over and over, over and, and over, over and over and over, <laughs> and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So learners. <laughs> 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 that was a good, in a nutshell. What did you say, Dale? Slow learners. Slow learners, yeah. Very slow. Slow, they don't learn at all. We don't either. <laughs> yeah, something that struck me, Greg, as I was thinking, um, so much of it felt very repetitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was thinking, I think this is still a warning. Mm-hmm. It's still like a pleading. Right, where you go, some of the intensity of it is, you could hear Isaiah going, you got, it's like it turned up to full volume, like this is coming, this is coming, and you're going, and just think of that like long suffering, and you you go, eventually it reaches its end, and it's like, that's what struck me, is I thought, this is the end, right, like huh. you're coming to the end of the long suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, just was that. Is that the same thing as the futility of man? Well, you just, you know, I, I think of like how Romans describes judgment as yeah. God's like allowing, like letting go of something, right? But you're like, it, the futility is, it's like heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I just, anyway. Mm-hmm. I was sad reading it. I thought, mm-hmm. this is so sad. Mm-hmm. But. In a way, it reminded me of how I came to Christ, thinking that I could do it all, and I was building this empire and all the rest of that, and then all of a sudden, um, you find the error of your ways, and uh, it's time to change. Right. Yeah. This uh, <coughs> jumped out to me several references here to Revelations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Say that. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. To you know, just point like this is the end. References to Revelations that was the end, and uh, but several points in the chapters here just to me were direct references. So when you say references Revelations, so when you think that, what is that? It's what does that do? What does that do in seeing that it's referencing Revelation? Um, Well, a large part of chapter twenty-four. Note I jotted down. I thought was a reference to Revelations. Behold, the earth will empty the earth and make a desolate and will twist its surface and scatter its inhabitants. Yeah. And then, I mean, there are other references in there. And then farther on, um, specifically, 
Isaiah 25, 8 through 9, you will swallow death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people will, he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And we said on that day, behold, this is our God, we have waited for him that he might save us. Yeah. This is the Lord, we have waited for him, let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. <laughs> is, <clears throat> and I did look this up and go back to Revelations, in Revelations 21, 1 through 4. Yeah. It's... That's what's being said, basically. Yeah, it's the ultimate fulfillment of this. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, too, that you see with the 24, because 24 is where things shift. You go from the oracles, and you shift into, like, this overall judgment upon the earth, which is very much like what you said. You're picking that up in Revelation of ultimately the end times. Yeah. So it's, it reminded me of Revelation a lot, too. I mean, right out of the shoot 13 through 12, it just... 13... Behold... 8, you said? You know, oh, like 9 through nine. Uh-huh. 11, 12. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel in the wrath, fierce anger, to make the land of desolation, destroy it, sinners from it. Mm-hmm. For the stars of the heavens and their constellation will not give light, and the sun will be dark at its rising, and the moon will not shed its light. Those are mm-hmm. like direct, yeah. right out of Revelation almost. You know, it's interesting about that sun that will dark at its rising, the moon will not show its light. That's exactly what it looks like when when we have fires. Yeah. 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 Tell me about it. There is no sunlight, and there are no stars, and the moon does not shine. Yeah. There is no light. You ever been in no light? No. Pretty scary. trying to see. Yeah, that would be very scary. (laughs) Yeah. Go down in deep mind and just turn the lights. Exactly. Oh, huh. All of a sudden you feel a claustrophobic <laughs> feeling. I just whoa. there is no light. Very scary. <laughs> Doesn't say how long there be no light. Yeah. Well, but to be in an environment where there is no light, hmm. that's different than darkness. It's different from yeah. darkness. Um, when I got home after your sermon, uh, I got a message from. A guy that's in his, what would be, 45 now. But he was three at the time of the slide. So uh, I assume most of you, or a lot of you know Mitch Ritter in town. Mm-hmm. He had sent me a picture of the slide as the first police car was coming up. The slide captured lifted it up. Oh, huh. wow. So the police officer obviously jumped out and ran off the slides. So, but I sent that picture out to all the people that I still in Car 54. Car 54. Where are, are you? Yeah. Huh. Where are you? And over the Where police control system, they kept saying, Car 54, where are you? Please <laughs> come in. Car 54, where are you? I remember that. And that yeah. was, that was at 6 o'clock. Probably by the time that picture was taken, it was later. But it actually occurred just a little after 6, so it was dark. So the kid that's now 45, 46, whatever it is, he was 3 then. He thought the slide occurred at night because it was dark. Black, but dark. So anything dark is night. Mm -hmm. 
that's not ice is never dark. Yeah. It's like someone being buried alive, or like you think about like in the Malibu, was the Malibu slides where it just it came over, and it was Malibu that a couple of years ago just wiped out mm-hmm. all those houses and just covered them all up, and you just, and people who were... That's north of Malibu. Yeah, yeah. Those people who just buried. Yeah. Happened to Yosemite. happened once. Yes, I, that sort of caught my attention. It said there will be no light. Mm-hmm. You just wonder how long that's going to go on. That will catch everybody's attention, for sure. To that, I noticed quite a few references, actually, to, to that. And uh, that sort of triggered in my mind when the apostles were asking Jesus about Things and saying be really like it will come like a thief in the night, and it's referencing Moab <clears throat> being destroyed in a night twice. Mm-hmm. It's referenced, and then also um, seventeen uh, fourteen. Seventeen fourteen. Mm-hmm. So there's. What I've seen throughout this is we've got prophecy, we've got we've got Christ, we've got end times, we've got we've got this is happening now, this is happening for always mm-hmm. until you until this day until in that day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good. Yet we're still given this opportunity continually, right? And so this whole thing is just the whole end times thing. The end of 17 is pretty pretty amazing. And um, so why? He's talking about what, you know what's going to happen and then he goes into it in 10. For you have forgotten for you have forgotten the God of your salvation and have not remembered the rock of your refuge. Therefore, though you plant pleasant plants and sow the vine branch of a stranger, though you make them grow on the day of that that you plant them, though they blossom in the morning that you sow, yet the harvest will flee. Hmm. I think that's fascinating. That's referenced all the time. About the harvest? About the harvest. Hmm. This, is a, this is a reference of people. Um, in, the day, in a day of grief and incurable pain, all the thunder of many peoples, they thunder like the thundering of the seal, all the roar of nations. They roar like the roaring of mighty waters. The nations roar like the roaring of many waters. But he will rebuke them, and they will flee far away, chased like the chaff on the mountains before the wind and the whirling dust before the storm. At evening time, behold, terror. Before morning, they are no more. This is the portion of those who loot us and the lot of those who plunder us. And us... I also noticed there, it's mentioned twice, that goes back to Isaiah 6 mm-hmm. and the reference of God identifying himself as us. Yeah. Yeah. Right from Genesis. It's interesting. It's so funny because you mentioned 14 because I don't even know why I said this. I, 
highlighted it, I, I marked it, um, 714, and I said, how fast is all I put? That's right. Like, I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> I have to run it through. I'm like, I'm looking at but I guess how fast, evening time, goes back to what Dale said. That's right. Before, behold, terror, before morning, there are no more, you know. At night. Yeah. Blackness, and that's when Christ says, there will be a time when there will be no light except for me. Mm-hmm. Um, might be misquoting that precisely, but that's the yeah. essence. And ultimately, he, there's be no sun because he is a light. I think it says a revelation, mm-hmm. something like that. That's right. Yeah. But his, his saying that <coughs> clearly as a, as a person, there will be a day when there will be no light except for me. Mm-hmm. So when there's utter terror, that's the only thing we'll have to hold on to. To get through it, and yeah. I hope that we're still there. We're still those five pieces of fruit on the top of the branch of the tree. Mm-hmm. To me, this all spoke to urgency. Mm-hmm. Just urgency crazy. in what way? What do you mean by urgency? Urgency in getting your house in order. Mm-hmm. Urging urgency in being ready, being ready for that thief in the night. Yeah, being prepared. Preparing your heart, being in the place that we're called to be in. And, yeah, one day I'll get there, oh, I'm a sinner, oh, yeah, <coughs> no, it's time now. And all, it's time now. <laughs> Others? Anybody else as far as? That struck you. I thought one of the things interesting was um, Isaiah's telling Hezekiah, "You're going to die. Get ready to wrap it up." Yeah. And, and what's and what's Hezekiah's response? Well, he turned to the wall and cried his eyes out and <laughs> prayed to the Lord. Not happened, and the Lord gave him 15 more years. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm thinking maybe there's room for negotiation. He wasn't the only one. Did Moses negotiate? Yeah. You know, maybe as a backup plan, but why push it? Yeah, yeah exactly. why push it? I agree. <laughs> Those are interesting. Yeah, and the sundial backing up four or five notches, too, is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did anybody notice sort of the irony of what happens to Hezekiah then? So what ends up happening to him? You know, you have the chapters and the end chapters here of like, what, 36, 39, 34, something like that. So this not show off all this stuff to... Right, so that's, so he ends up doing that, but before that, so it goes back to sort of what you said, I mean, so what, it, what is, we end 39, with here's Hezekiah, who we think is going to be, I mean, it's like, he followed God. He saw God work these miracles. He got 15 more years of life. I mean, look at all these things, you Like, God was so, like, answered his prayers. And what does he do? He blows it. Yeah. Just, yeah, again, it's just as a reminder. It goes back to sort of almost like what you're saying. It's like, the urgency, but the urgency can just turn to, I'm not worried about it, like over a day, you know? It's like we have a sense of urgency, and then all of a sudden we get comfortable. Well, as the guy said, 
Um, at least it's not going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have to worry about it. I can't like deal with it. Exactly. It's yeah. No problem. <laughs> it's like, okay. Another another thing that I was that stood out to me heavily in this thing was how obviously he talks about pride and arrogance and all these things, the mm-hmm. symptoms of man that that are just going to get punished no matter what over and over and over again. Yeah. Also, the reference in terms of destruction, he's always talking about you know plants. Right, these things that we that we attempt to grow that are outside of his growing, and additionally, cities. Cities are always referenced. Yes. Okay? Uh huh. Very, very. That's that's interesting. You know that. Yes, so that's right. what what that it comes back to is Cain. I couldn't. I just kept huh. going back. The vine, the growing, the, the all these the the lame offering from the heart, right. You can do these things, but you're not, it's, it's not with true intent that you're giving me this offering. What are your offspring going to do? Which, by the way, what else is noted in here over and over and over again? The offspring of the evil ones are going to be cursed. Always. What did Cain's offspring do? Build cities. Right? He named their cities after his children. Mm-hmm. And God saying over and over again, I'm going to destroy the cities. How long till the cities are laid waste? That's kind of the, the marker, which is fascinating. He does oh, rebuild the city, though. Yeah. Correct, but it's his city. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what's interesting. A lot of times people will read that and think, oh, well, cities are bad or whatever, but you end yeah. up having yeah. cities being redeemed. Sure. You know, and so yeah, no, the but, idea but of us, again, you know, right. Who, plants aren't evil, unless they are, right? Unless you're planting it from that. That seed. It's where, where were the plants that he offered bad? No, it was his heart that was yeah. bad, right? Right. right? So that cursed everyone in that downline. So you're seeing that play over and over and over again. Christ saying, you know, you be my father, right? Mm-hmm. That's not your father. Yeah. He's effectively telling them, and that's just the verses like Jeff was, we were going through in Sermon on the Mount. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see how much of Isaiah is in Matthew. Uh-huh. Because for some reason, you know, I'm, I've been studying Matthew in church and, and Isaiah together. Oh, how okay. Much, how much Isaiah is in Matthew. Yeah. In fact, the theme of Isaiah 6, 9 through 10 is the theme of Matthew, could be argued. So the, the idea of you look at throughout Matthew, the big one of the big themes is... Will you understand? And you see Isaiah six through nine and Matthew thirteen, and you see Jesus keep asking his disciples, not just the people, but his disciples, do you understand? Do you get this? Are you getting it? Are you is it is it hitting you? You know, are you really getting at your heart? Um, so you see this sort of constantly through Matthew, this theme of understanding or not <laughs> understanding. Yeah. Yeah, it says that, that then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed, and the ears of those who hear will listen. And this is yeah. after uh, you know the king will reign in righteousness, and rulers will rule with justice. Yeah, so like just the one thing I noticed was the messianic prophecies again. Mm-hmm. Our, like I always gravitate towards those. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like sixteen. And, 
Yeah, we're going to get to see that a lot as we go through 40 through 55. Start seeing the servant theme mm-hmm. and all that going on. Yeah. Matthew's audience was predominantly Jewish. Right? That's what they say. Right? Yes. Right. Correct. He was very complete. Yeah. Yeah. Almost as good as Luke. <laughs> a good doctor. Yeah. Yeah. You love that. Like <clears throat> talking about Revelation referring back to Isaiah, Matthew referring back to Isaiah. They're like, Reminding us of the ark, this yeah. whole story. Right. Genesis, one story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one story. Oh, you, again, you guys remember that diagram I showed way back in the very beginning of Isaiah, of the Bible and all the connections. Were you here for that? Yeah, you saw yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just, super, it's like so, it's, it's like so it's interconnected. The, the hyperlink. Yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah, it's yeah, just it's like, like the Bible is the first hyperlink. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's why they say it too. I mean, when you're going and you're reading scripture and you go, I don't understand it, one of the first things you should do is try to figure out how scripture is interpreting scripture. Because that's what we're just seeing constantly. Scripture is just referring to scripture. It's referring to scripture. So if you want to understand what scripture is saying, just keep going back to scripture. And you just see all these ways in which it interprets itself. Um, you just stay in it. Yeah. And the, and the repeated vocabulary too that God uses I think is super fascinating something to pay real close attention to this this repetitive language over and over and over again to state certain things in specific ways that we should be seeing and all of a sudden it starts to receive the mind of God Mm -hmm. well you know does God have a limited vocabulary? No. Right? Does he know us? Do we have a limited memory? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 Very quickly. It's an interesting way to read scripture through the lens of like the symbols. Yeah. Right? And I feel like that's kind of what we're doing when we're talking about gardens and talking about cities. Or, and you're like, all those are intentional trajectories of the Right as well, right? So you, you follow the, the metaphor that you're being given because it's it's telling the story all on its own, or at least linking the whole story together. And, and typically has totally symbolic as well as super literal references. Right, right? and that's sure. what's interesting. Right. Yeah, you've mentioned that a couple weeks ago. I mean, you just see this. Like, yeah. is it a metaphor? Yes, but is this a reality? And it just all sort of yeah. just yeah. all yeah. comes yeah, together. Gone. I'm not going to leave. Yeah. No, there's no loose ends here. Right. It's, it's, it's both. You yeah. just get the cover off. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. That's cool. Super. Anyone else as far as things you saw? Things that, yeah. Just real quick. Huh? When I was reading through this, God was just hammering everybody really hard. You know, I mm. mean, just the, his wrath was obvious. It reminded me, again, I'm, I've been studying Revelation on my own. Of like possibly a blow by blow if there was a reporter for the tribulation period, <laughs> this might be what's going on. Huh. You know what I mean, that's huh. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you did you guys catch sixteen? So right after the the whole Jesus prophecy, then he, he God is speaking of um, reveals his own nature about this brutality that he's laying forth, right? It, it, I have put an end to the shouting. Therefore, my... Where are you reading from? 
1611. Okay. 1611. 1611, right? 1611. Yeah, uh-huh. I put an end to the shouting, which, wow, I just killed all of you guys. Therefore, my inner parts moan like a liar, liar, how do you pronounce that? For a and my innermost self for pure parsa. So God is saying in very human terms, this is my nature. I'm, I'm demonstrating my vulnerability as well. This is just, this kills me. Hmm. Right? It's almost, it's almost, it's so sad to me. Right? He's just like, please stop. Making me discipline you. You see, like, so much complexity. I mean, because there was a few of these chapters that I was like, God, these are hard for me to read. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to hear about God and his judgment allowing women and children to be ravished. Yeah. Right? I just go, oh, gosh, it's just too far. You know, um, and it's said with like almost coldness, mm-hmm. like this is what I'm doing, and I'm like, oh, it's just hard. But then you get to this, and I'm like, you see the complexity at least in this, the tension that's in, yeah, right. And do, do we are we not seeing this play out now? Yeah, standing down at Main Beach on Saturday, just going. Just watching hundreds of people cheering and shouting and getting all excited about aborting nine-month-old babies. Just, it was really surreal. It was Mm -hmm. just surreal. Just like, Mm -hmm. is this really happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was happening all over the country. Mm -hmm. Including the country. So oh, yeah, right here. Got the beach. bananas. So right. true. Yeah. Indeed. You just, sometimes I just think, if it was up to me, I would stop this sooner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, Why does it, it shocks me sometimes the lengths that God allows this Things. to go. Mm, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't mean that in a questioning the goodness of God. It just, like, I go, so, so somehow the nature of, of man, though, Right? It's like there's a, a, a KGB, an ex-KGB guy that, that, that uh, was asked, like, how come nobody, like, saw what was happening and, like, wanted to do something about it? Why were people so compliant with this whole re- regime and what was going on? He's talking about how gnarly and tyrannical it was and what they would do to the CID, their own citizens. And, and he said... You could literally, I could have gone up to these people and told them exactly what was happening, mm-hmm. exactly what the plan was, exactly what ultimately would happen to them, and they wouldn't believe me. Right. And not until I literally had them on the ground and had my foot <laughs> Put on. smashing their nuts <laughs> would they suddenly their eyes would open and they realize what was going on. Maybe that's just a human nature issue. Yeah. God knows it. Sorry, guys, I gotta stomp your balls. <laughs> <laughs>
Yep, we're pretty stubborn. Was I that? thought you were going to go for the throat. Where's the stronger ball first? It's a metaphor. Do the Floyd thing. It's a metaphor. Oh, there it is. Right. So do you guys, do you see a pattern? So we talk about how long, how this keeps repeating itself, or do you guys see any patterns in how all this is happening? Like, yeah, just patterns, I guess, as to how... Just patterns in the way God works. I mean, he's got his character. Each situation is sort of different, but God's character remains constant through all this. In fact, that's what people mean. It remains constant all the way through the New Testament, right? God's character is never changing, per se. But the way in which that character is brought forth or the way in which situations happen change. There are different ways. Hezekiah is different than Ahaz, and you see how he deals with Assyria. It might be a little different than Babylon. But so you see all this, but do you, as you're reading through this, are you seeing patterns as to how God works with his people? Yeah, I, the thing that I kept thinking about was, I'm going, man, God gives us so many very obvious things that like it's like we don't even see our own nose. Like, how does the, the in terms of those patterns, mm-hmm. right, and the way God's communicating to us, right? And now again, we have the ability. Those those poor guys that didn't have the whole Bible, right? We're able to look at this thing and go, wait a minute. It's like, does the Bible mimic basically a human life from conception all the way through, mm-hmm. right? And the way that a human being from conception to, to death is communicated with and their ability to perceive, etc. Right? So God communicates from the early stages in one way and then so on and so forth. And it keeps going on and on mm-hmm. into a more mature, more evolved way. There's a Walter Brueggemann, have you heard him? He says uh, that like Genesis is like this to this young child, like this is who you are, here's the rules. Right. Right. And then he goes, the prophet, the books of prophecy are like for the teenager. Right. Like, knock it off or you're going to get busted. Totally. <laughs> and yeah. you go, the wisdom, Keep the getting wisdom literature is going, okay, life is pretty complex, right? And here's how you kind of navigate through the difficult. And he would say. Well, you got Proverbs, like, which is obviously right. directly the it's father to son. It's a maturing that's yeah. happening, right? But he would say. There's almost like a different tone in each of these for almost the development of a soul. Right. Right. Yeah. So anybody else? What do you see patterns? <laughs> I'm going to stick my neck out here. It seems to me like he always gives us a verse of hope yeah. with yeah. all of this Interesting. stuff yeah, yeah, that's yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's a pattern. And otherwise, I think we'd all Very good point. put a gun to our heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you well know, put, yeah. there's got to be hope in it, or... or it's so hope. good. Huh. Yeah, it's like, I'm stepping on your balls, but I'll stop. There will come an end to that. It's painful. And then I'm going to up and give you a sign. It's not <laughs> forever. But that's a, I mean, that's a really, really important one you just mentioned. I mean, I that's really so. good. And it gets back to the, when you read, like Jeff's talking about, reads out horrible things that are going on. That the judgment's coming, but there's always this hope, yeah. this light. It's like you see these cracks. Isaiah, it's almost like you could like put it like this and you could just find the verses of hope and you could see these cracks of light yeah. coming through. Hope is light. Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. Now, in that, on that note, right, the, the, with that hope, right, there's this total redemption message, right, that gets put forth in, in the way of, of, of Christ, right? But there's also, woven in there, is also this, this always this mention of a remnant. Right. Yeah, and that, that's where, like... Okay, so there's another. That's what I'm yeah. trying to get at. What kind of things you see? So there's always a hope, but there's always sort of like, there's always okay, there's this judgment coming, but there's always like this remnant. That's right. Yeah, okay. And it's all like right. for all of us here, I think we focus on that. That's the hope that, that you can affect, right? Is it, it, that's that choice, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's like, you know, I think Jeff, I, I could speak for you, but it seems to me like the whole narrow road thing really hits you a lot. Yeah. Because I see you keep mentioning it in the in almost every sermon since the narrow road, you've sort of mentioned the narrow road, mm-hmm. which is sort of like again that remnant. There's mm-hmm. there's a there's a big way which a lot of people are going to go, right. but there's a narrow road. There's Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> and the hope is found in that narrow road. Sure. The right. hope's not found in the. No. Right. That's where way. the love and kindness is on yeah. the narrow road. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like, again, it's narrow, but you have that light shining. Saying, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. 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 I think there, I mean, through the Old Testament, I mean, I, you know, for an awful lot of folks, it's it's a harsh read, and it is a harsh read. Um, but I think in a lot of these elements where it, where it appears God is punishing his man, punishing his people, is he's really removing his blessing from them. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but over that is an arc where God, though, continually is pursuing those that love Him. Yeah. Yeah. That, yes. that, yes. that arc weaves its way through the whole Old Testament, and well, and obviously well into the New Testament. But, That's a good um, point. You know, I think that the balance, you know, when God removes His blessing, always man to their own devices and <laughs> bear their own punishment. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's part of the problem where I, I do hear there's been sort of a resurgence of in the last couple few years of people not wanting to, what do I say, want to try to explain away the judgment that we see of God <laughs> and of people's own sin and what that does to them in the Old Testament. Trying to almost look like God in the Old Testament is not the same God as the New Testament or something. Um, and I think part of the problem is is that they're not seeing the whole arc. They're not reading through all of the other passages. They're not seeing these patterns we're talking about. They go and you just pull out this verse that says, and and they murder these whatever. You're not seeing the whole arc in which what? How did that come about? You know, um, yeah, and that's what's so important. People use the term. There's different types of theology. You know, there's systematic theology, but that's what's important on what's called biblical theology, is biblical theology seeks to understand the whole narrative and always read things in light of that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the what you guys were saying about the, you know, that the Bible can reflect our whole life. It's like you need to know where you are in that life. You need to know if you're a teenager, mm-hmm. because the way things work at a teenager might be different than it worked when you were a little child. You know, seeing that narrative is really important to understand how God's operating. Um, so. it, it reminds me of like, you know, when you're reading text and you're trying to put 
inflection into it. You look, you can read a text so many different ways because you can't hear the yeah, other right. voice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, like, I think of some passages in Romans where God's going, I can make things simply for the purpose of destruction. Right. And you can read that like God's going, I can destroy whatever I want. Or you can see God like at the end of his rope going, if I wanted to, I could. Right. And you go, oh, God is mad right now. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like reached the threshold of his patience. And you go, there's a tone of voice that isn't necessarily representative of God's overall tone of voice, but reserved for like man in complete arrogance and defiance. God speaks a certain way. Yeah. Right? Where you're going, it's same God, same heart, but you're like, oh, he's upset right now. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying, you know, Jesus can say, look, my heart is gentle and lowly. And that's true. That's God's heart. And you realize that gentle, lowly heart can hit the edge of its patience and it can overturn tables in the temple. Mm-hmm. Right? And you're like, and it's the same, same guy. Right. With a double-edged sword shooting out of its mouth. <laughs> and lightning bolts out of its ass. Yeah, roughly, right. But this is a nice, meek Jesus who's really nice and just forgives everybody. But, but you would know, go, but gentle, gentle not, right? right? Gentle until he's not. But like, when he's not, you're going totally deserved. In fact, maybe from our perspective, long overdue. Yeah. Like, right. way long overdue. Right, like, right. he's been saying this and saying right. this and saying this and saying this, and then finally goes, that's it. Right. So what are the patterns? So C.S. Lewis yeah. is Aslan, not, not a tame lion. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But he's good. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. yeah. So I know those two things quite a bit. What... What about patterns as far as how you see it? What When does God start getting mad at his people? What are the people doing? Patterns. They're refusing to repent. They don't even think they're sinners. Okay. So, well, they don't even think. Okay. So that's definitely. Yes, so they sinners. do. Yeah. What were you saying, Dale? Uh, I put down God remains constant. Uh, but man takes God's blessings and then turns to himself because he thinks he's the one. Doing it. Oh, very, very good. Yep. That's God behind, and this moves. We move more and more towards. We're the ones in charge. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Okay. Christ, mm-hmm. God finally gets to a point where He says, "Enough is enough," mm-hmm. and the remnant turns back to God. Uh huh. And yeah. then we just start it all over. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, in, in these they did. So, what are the people? How? What kind of patterns do you see? Patterns as far as how God's people treats themselves or treats other people, as far as a pattern as to what God ends up doing with judgment. We've seen this in Isaiah some, as far as what is, what is it that. When God's coming and saying, I mean, we, I, we've heard it. I think, um, Eric, you said the, um, a lot of the judgment stuff, the, the arrogance and the pridefulness, okay, that you were talking about, you see that. But what is, how is it reflected that we see in Isaiah as to what does that pride and arrogance do in how those people treat other people? Have you seen a pattern with that? Yeah, they oppress them. It, okay, and who, who, does he, who do they oppress? So what are, they oppress 
those who are not them, all the other people, God's people, they oppress, yeah. Well, they oppress, so they're, yeah, that's one of the things they do. You talk about the remnant, they start growing, and they end up oppressing, not just like, not God's people, but they end up oppressing their own people. And who are those people that they end up oppressing? What's the characteristics of those people that, as as one group starts getting more prideful and arrogant, they start, like you just said, oppressing another group. Yeah. What's that? Making How would you describe slaves. that group? The what? Slaves. Okay, slaves. Well, he dresses them as widows. What did you say? Yeah, or, very good. And orphans and widows. Yeah. The poor. The poor. He, he addresses the, the, the people that he's going after as strong, as elite, as yeah. mm-hmm. the, the ruling class, yep. if you will. Yeah, yeah. Right. And because those ruling class are doing what? They're oppressing everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. He, did you did you guys catch uh, in fourteen the really thorough description of Satan? I thought that was really interesting. Is that twenty nine? Sort of lays up. Then from there. All the description of the the people that he's going after, the leaders and the rulers and so forth. It's like, okay, I want you guys to know this, so you understand the characteristics that you're embodying, right? Don't do what what he has done. Sixteen starts at uh, eight. You're talking about what, 14-8? Uh, yeah, 14-8. I mean, really, it's 14-29, 22. I mean, it, it, it's probably all of 14, but, but it really kind of gets into the meat of it around there. And then at uh, 12, how are you falling from, how are, how you are falling from heaven? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of that, the, the you, I, we, that, that, you, mm-hmm. that needs attention Pay to it, right? How you are fallen from heaven. This is interesting. O day star, in capitals. Yeah. Son of dawn. <laughs> right? How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. Yeah. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. And then goes on to explain what, in fact, is going to happen. And it's like, okay, there it is. When we want to ascend. So what does God use in Isaiah as people ascend? As they get more prideful and arrogant and oppress the oppress the um, the least of them, let's say the widows, etc., etc. So as that starts happening, what do you see as a pattern as to how God then starts to bring judgment? So that which is high is brought low. So you, you sort of see this idea. You know, you have everybody like the remnant, like with. And then you start seeing people become 
more and more arrogant. They worship the idols. They start oppressing um, the least of them. What does God do then? How does he work in Isaiah that we're seeing that he ends up starting to reset that? What does he use to his, so to bring that judgment on his people to reset? I'm going to use that word reset, reboot. What does... Um, what does he use? Not terms. What does he use... He brings Who other armies to wipe them out. He brings what? Other armies from outside. Very good. Yeah. Okay, did you notice that? So he's, yeah. he, exactly. So how does God bring his judgment? Okay, he doesn't just come in and just do something. He ends up allowing and facilitating, in a sense, other nations which are not yeah. the, his people. And he lets those nations then mm-hmm. do what? Take over. Come in, yeah. right, and reset and wipe out and bring back a remnant. But it's all God's plan. Well, it is. And he's using those, and they, they're all set amount of time. Right. So, yeah, let's so take, for example. Are just as guilty as the ones that they're overturning. Yeah. Say that again? Maybe more so. Yeah. yeah. Say that again. The nations that come in to do the correction are just as guilty as the nations that's being corrected. Okay, so then what does God do with those? See, this is a pattern again. Then, what does God do with those nations? So you have... They become strong and then they tumble. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because... Very quickly. Usually it's not described as, like, the reason why Israel's punished, which is idolatry and all these other things. It's because they went overboard in their punishment of Israel, and they were too heavy-handed almost, that God then judges them. Yeah. Because okay. they were his tool of judgment, but they went overboard. <laughs> <laughs> they always go overboard to them. Yeah, yeah. And then he judges them for that. Yeah. So you see that it's an interesting pattern to watch, that you see how all this sort of just keeps sort of getting reset back like to itself. Game. It, it, it almost is. It's well, almost no, like yeah, you can just keep watching it happen. They think that it was them. Yeah, and then he says, I've written this ahead of time so that you will know, you know yes. I'm, in, right. I'm in control, I'm in charge, That's, I'm yep. one, mm-hmm. you know, yep. controlling mm-hmm. all these moves. Mm-hmm. Right, like and it's going to happen, and guess what, I'm going to go back and do some again. But do we? <laughs> yeah. He does use the ones that are more powerful and arrogant to take over the less powerful and arrogant, and the one about that, and the one about that, until you get to that one, then he takes over. So anybody else see any other patterns you're seeing as to how you see how about as far as as you're reading this, does it do anything for you looking at your life? Look at today, look at how, I mean, like, we're reading this back, you know, this was almost 3,000 years ago. So do you see things that you look at this today that I think, well, let's just talk about you personally. That sort of hit you personally as you've read this? Looking at your own life, looking at mm-hmm. anything, I mean, how does, how has this impacted you as you're going through and reading, you know, nations or bringing judgment on nations and God's doing this with these people? Yeah. World, yeah, War, World War II. Yeah, okay. 
Is there something personally? Example. Is there stuff as you're as you're looking at your well, own life? That was very personal at the time. World well, War II. World War II. Yeah. 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 I think for me, reflecting back is, is I see my life progressing according to the direction that I was deciding, but it was God was supporting me the whole way without me recognizing that he was blessing me huh. and thinking that I was doing it myself. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and then getting to the point where I realized that, hey, without his help, I could have never gotten to where I went. And uh, he blessed me and uh, he gave me abilities and direction. But I, I thought I was doing it without him. Mm. And, and it's kind of looking back and, and saying that um, one reference is that I didn't do it. God was there the whole time. Yeah. And I just didn't acknowledge Do you see that even before you were a believer, even before you that knew God? It didn't happen until three years ago mm-hmm. <laughs> at a retreat. Where I could really look back at my life and uh, see how God repeatedly saved me and um, was there for me. And, and I perceived that of his um, acquiescing love for me. Mm. Even though I didn't deserve it sometimes, he still loved me and supported me. Mm. And um, I kind of ricocheted off the walls a couple of ways, but um, realizing that he was there the whole time and loving me through the whole thing. desires, it's our jealousy, it's our need for power and authority and control. And I see it every day in life where um, people seem to be into, I want my power and I want my control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And my sure. yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> so, again, speak for yourself, okay, which, which he is. But what, I mean, is there things that are impacting you as you're reading this? That are helping you as far as your relationship with Those God. Those patterns that you're talking about. The and, what? And the patterns uh-huh. that you're talking okay. about. Uh-huh. The patterns that I, I pick up in the Bible and then self-reflect on the patterns of my own life and see the way God has communicated to me, right? And how that parallels the communications in, in, in the Bible and the things that God says, tells people to do that seem ridiculous. Right? Like, hey, 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 I know the greatest nation in the world right now is about to come down and squash you like a bug. But listen, just go down to this water area here with this, this dude and that guy and tell that guy this thing that makes no sense to you whatsoever and then go home and relax. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right? And, and so on and so forth. Hey, 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 I know these two nations here are about to kill you, but just trust me, just 
kick back, say a prayer, and they'll kill themselves. Yeah. Okay? And it's like, okay, well, all those times in my life when I've listened and done the thing that didn't, didn't make any sense because I knew God was telling me to do it, bing, 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 all the line, and you could just go, okay, that, that was all, all God. Right? Yeah. All the way through in addition to that, you're looking at it going, okay, so, and this recognition of Satan here is interesting to me, too, because it's, it's and overall, you get, you get this question of, why does God allow suffering? You tell me, right? It's like, because that's the, 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 the pattern of our life until we succumb, until we become that remnant. Until we find that hope in the world that's around us, and all these people that get sucked up by their horrible leaders, right? They don't have to get sucked up, right? If they are in their heart, if they are in relationship with God, the whole world is going to get sucked up, except for that remnant. I think you're making a really good point there because, yeah, very good point. Because notice that the remnant, I didn't think about it until you just said that. Notice the remnant, you have a leader, he's leading everyone astray, but there ends up becoming a remnant still. So there's still a group of people, a group, who are still faithful, Lord, even though it looks like God's bringing judgment on all of Israel or on this whole group, you find that there's still a remnant of people who do exactly what you're well, saying. A remnant defines yeah. hope. Yeah. Yeah. But after rem- remnant, there's no hope. There's right. No hope. Right. Yeah. How about it? Yeah, Jeff. Well, I was thinking, I, I, I think in all this, there's still like personal responsibility and consequence to oh. assist. Right? Oh, You're going, absolutely. All these people that are raping these women and killing this ch- these children are held accountable for that. Right. Mm-hmm. So you go, I like another little C.S. Lewis thing where he says, you know, simple good and simple evil. And then you've got this category that he calls like the complex good, where he says God is able to take the evil and exploit it for good. Right. Right. And I, where I guess I'm going with that is I read through this as God's going, this evil, like I can even use it to my purpose, right? Without doing it. He's not, God's not commanding rape or commanding infanticide. He's, but he's going, even within all the evil of this, my purposes will not be thwarted. Yeah. I'm in control. I can use all of this. I mean, I, I think that I just go, I actually, as hard as that is in places to swallow, I go, it makes me relax in today's mm. world where you're like, this is out of control. And God goes, it's not. I mean, yes, all this is behavior is like totally insane. It's insane and it will be held to account, yeah. right? Right. But you go, this arc of this story is not in jeopardy at any point. Yeah. Mm. So, 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 yeah. so here's a question. Was what was going on back then, was that as bad as the Holocaust? Because we're talking about something that happened a long, long time ago, and, and the Holocaust didn't happen that long ago. No. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was really bad. That's our like now? number one case of evil is like yeah. Nazis Holocaust. Like and, and that was yesterday. 
Yeah. And well, even right. sooner than yesterday, we have things we don't are aware of of genocide and stuff like that has happened in Africa. Yeah. And, and Rwanda yeah, and like, things where there's just people are just sure, yeah. slaughtered. Yeah. And, you yeah. know. Yeah. 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 I, t- I, I, yeah. I took a class. 750 million people. Right. How did that happen? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I took a class that was, why does God allow evil? Huh. But one of the things my professor studied was um, genocide. Mm-hmm. He studied yeah. genocide for like two years straight and then came to the conclusion, people do genocide. Like, yep. that's people do genocide. Right? Yeah. That's uh-huh. like what people do, uh-huh. you know. Um, and what do you mean by that when you say that? He, when you say by, as opposed by, to by, by genocide is in human nature because a lot of times okay. people will say, "Oh, that's only psychotic people. That's only oh, this, or that's only, they'll, they'll try to categorize these people. Mm-hmm. Or that's not us. That's that's them. That would never happen. That right? we would never do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But the point is, is like that, that's exactly no. This is, is this is human nature, right? So yeah. the whole narrative of people are generally good. Is yeah. it's, one that's not the Christian perspective, but two right. that's not reality. Yeah, the history yeah. does not say yeah, that, like, does it? Like, yeah. yeah, G.K. Chesterton says the only the only Christian doctrine that can really be proved is is um, you know original sin because you <laughs> could just look at history and see like it's been proved out over and over again. Yeah. Um, but 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 God, I feel like God used the Holocaust to to reform Israel as an actual nation again. Like that was his tool, because replay that. And how does well, how does Israel become a nation again after not being a nation for two thousand years? Like when does that ever happen? That never happens. Never. That's like <laughs> probably never happen again. Doesn't happen. It doesn't the, diminish the atrocity. Oh yeah, like, it's, 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 yeah, it's an atrocity. It's but 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 like you know we're talking about okay what happened in Isaiah and. Who knows how it compares to the Holocaust? But the Holocaust happened very recently, and we can go to the museum today, and that and mm-hmm. that's a reality in our world that mm-hmm. God is in control of. That He, you know, I could potentially see the so are you good saying this is a kind of a template that just happens over and over and over again uh, in history? Kind of, but particularly within God's plans for particularly Israel. The the only thing I would say, and and it. This isn't arguing. Yeah. It's just saying, in Isaiah, God takes responsibility. Right? Versus God saying, and then in Nazi Germany, I'm going to punish Israel, but then I'm going to form them into a new nation. Right? Because you would There's go... There's no scripture. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, right. well, it doesn't mean... And I agree with you. It doesn't yeah. mean the same rules don't apply. It's just you wrestle with this because God is taking... Absolute responsibility for the atrocity. Right. For everything. Right. He goes. You can't. You can't essentially, he says these, scripture. these right. enemies that are coming in are like my <clears throat> mighty men. And you're like, these are the people yeah. that are going to ravage. This is the tool that I'm going to use to smash it. Well, exactly. Right. God's ways are not our ways. <laughs> and he used that as a way of strengthening Israel. And they came back with fire. They're a pretty mighty little nation right now. Yeah, I mean, they, like, it just, and it seems like after that, they were incredibly blessed militarily just with everything that's happened and God, you know, being involved because from day one, it was all, everyone around them wanted to wipe them off the face of the earth. Yeah. And it didn't happen. That doesn't negate Iran and Iran's love for Israel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're still the opposite pole. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what about anybody else? Yeah. Okay, yeah. One of um, the things I've been reading this book, and I've read it now a couple times on the, is the importance of having a relationship with God and nurturing that no matter what mm. and getting close to God as much as you can. You know, I know if you're close and can live in the Spirit, you know, you've got a chance of, like what you were saying, Jeff, all the craziness that's around us, you can still have peace, you know, and do what you can. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you can in this world to make it better. But that relationship and that personal relationship is what the people in here lacked. They didn't have that. And that's, that was, I think, the basis of God's wrath in general, was mm-hmm. that they turned away from him. There was no dependence on him at all. You know, it goes all the way back to Genesis. They, Adam and Eve, they, they turned away from God. Right. You know, that re- they gave up that relationship. And it's that relationship that, for I think any of us, that's probably the most thing we can pursue more than anything. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times God's judgment sounds harsh to us because we don't think that we don't look at evil and sin the way that God looks at it. Yeah, yeah. So to us, it's like, was it really that bad? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't we don't have the perspective that God has. Um, Yeah, I like what you just said because I think that's I picked that up a year too. Is I think there's you see a God who wants to engage personally with yeah. his people. I mean, he's interested in their care and yeah. loving them, and truly that steadfast love. You see a God who so cares for his people, but he's, those people just have this tendency to so easily walk away. talking about, God, your, your sacrifices and your incense, they just make, they stink as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. because there was no relationship there. They were yeah. just going through the motions. You know, and it's just there's no real connection. Right. I mean, I'm finding as I'm uh, did a little bit of your reaction, as I'm reading through Isaiah, part of my reaction is helping me just sort of calm down yeah. to all the craziness in the world. We have to. to just go, you know, God is over all this. Yes. A lot of these things that are happening, even among Christians, mm-hmm. this is this is God's people, and this is what this is written about, is God's people. And this is just calling us to constantly sort of look inside ourselves um, and say, where am I in that relationship with God? And what does God want through all this? It does. It helps me go, all these world events and everything, it goes back to, I mean, I just, this little chiasm we did mm-hmm. just continues to hit me personally over and over again of just saying, going back to what Jason said, which is, yeah, you really just have to trust God. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to say that, but we're given these opportunities to say, no, I really don't have to watch the news. I don't have to really be- think, I don't really have to take a side with this or with that. It ultimately, the conspiracy part up there, it ultimately is like, you are to regard him, the Lord of armies only. Mm-hmm. Not all of the other stuff going in the world. And we so much times feels like, feel like we just have to want to engage and we want to get angry and we want to do something about no, it thanks. and we want to get this or that. And it's like, he just says, I'll take care of it. You know, Ultimately, and that just helps me to like go, yeah. okay. God's in control. He's sovereign. Right. And we can say that, well, but to really leave it. That. Yeah, that's why I think this is helping me to do is sort of more Absolutely. internalize that. That's yeah. Proverbs 3 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Exactly. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Right. Right. I mean, it goes back to Jeff's illustration he used on Sunday, which I really liked. We were talking about 
today. But yeah, I love that illustration of just, you know, having a TV on for 12 hours a day and whatever it is, is being burned into your screen. The point is not what that station was. The point is, that's what you're, you're, you're getting all your stuff from. Not from here. Yeah, you're letting the world influence you and capture you and burn yeah. itself into your heart. And I don't want that burned into my heart. Yeah. It's hypnosis. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And it, and it will cause you to do exactly what it says up there. It's going to cause you to stumble. It's going to cause you to fear. It's going to, you know, just, yeah. What were you going to say, Jeff? Sorry, I was interrupting. Oh, no, no, no. Well, it's kind of going back. I, I, I was more responding to you. I, I think that there can be sometimes a tendency for us to diminish the intensity of these words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, and mm. I mean, I think that there's that we're supposed to be pushed by this. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's there's a couple verses in here that I just wish were in the Bible, <laughs> right? The the thirteen sixteen where it says their infants will be dashed in pieces before mm-hmm. their eyes, mm-hmm. their houses will be plundered, and their wives ravished. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And this is God going. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm like, and I think I I just go. I'm, I am Yeah, like you're going. I think we can't, I just would say, I don't think we can diminish the right. severity of that. Yeah, but that's what we, that's what we so often want to do as scripture to win, just say, let's just cross that out. Right, right. Maybe that's not really, you right. know. But then you cross that out, that means you're also crossing out his steadfast love. Right. And saying, no, it's just like human love. Yeah, yeah. the tension in that, I think you're supposed to feel the tension in that. Yeah. He wants you yeah. to feel the tension. The Benedictines yeah. spent a lot of time in silence. Uh-huh. And the whole purpose is, to quiet the noise of the world so that you can hear the voice of God. Yeah. And that's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, just get up in the morning and see how hard that is to silence all the noise of the world and push it out. Today, it's really, you can't do it. Well, I mean, my wife and I, we just went to South Lake Tahoe, and it was nice because we did not have our, you asked me how long... It did take a while to sort of get, I mean, away from the noise. Yeah. Actually, it really didn't for us, which was a blessing. I mean, we have not done this before. We just, we did not turn the TV on. We did watch, like, yeah. Ted Lasso, but that was not, like, news. We never had the news on. <laughs> right. <laughs> had to watch that. We never watched the news or anything like that. It wasn't flipping through my phone. We played cards, and we were just with each other, and we went for bike rides. And it's like a whole week. I'm not listening to any of the news. It's great. Did it change anything? I mean, did it? I know it's like you didn't lose anything. We we were worried about the 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 thing we were worried about. Seriously, I've got this picture of it, which is um, when we got there, like the first night. um, Well, the first night we got there. Well, we got there sort of at night. And then we're in this very little sort of cabin. It's got these, this window sort of like just sort of opens up like this and you can't really hardly lock it. And my wife's all like, Michelle's all like, um, what about bears? You know, and, Ooh, um, you know, what can they get in or whatever? And she's just all getting sort of paranoid on bears. Really I sort of grew up around all that. So I don't really, doesn't really phase me. And so, um, the next day I went out and I talked, I met the lady who runs the place and she's telling me, 
She goes, well, yeah. I said, well, so do you actually really see any bears around here? Because there's a fence around this whole property, you know, which was these cabins. And so she takes me over. So like our cabins, right? I've got a picture. So our cabin's like right here. And she takes me over to this, right next to the, this little cabin is this um, fence made of um, cords of wood. Okay, basically the fence is a cord, cords of wood that become the fence. And she goes, yeah, just let me show you right over here by the other side is the bed of where the bear sleeps. Oh, good. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so like, okay. Um, but that's what we're worried about. Okay, I'm, I wasn't worried about the bear. She was just like, okay, what are we thinking about now? We're not thinking about the news. We're thinking about, okay, what's going on with this bear? And we got to make sure our food, <laughs> we don't keep food out anywhere. Yeah. You know, um, it was just nice to not have to worry about all the food or trash or anything. We right. Have to get right. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to keep all that stuff locked up. I right. mean, that's what they're worrying about there is yeah. the bears. I'm like, okay. To Jeff's point about, you know, the, the seriousness of those words, right? Yeah. And the warning, right? Yeah. So it's really easy, I think, for us. To just kind of go, oh, those those guys, how did they not see it, right? Meanwhile, you're offended. I'm not pointing a finger at you, you being us. We are offended at the words of the babies will be... The innocence, right? It's the innocence. Meanwhile, again, this is our country. And our leadership is saying... Nine-month-old infants. Well, no, I know, but my, my hardship with, and I don't really, I don't mean to overstress this. I'm just saying it's God saying, I'm doing. Like I know what human beings can do, terrible right. things, right? It's it's when God goes, this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. But, that's this, right. but, this, but that's where that's, I'm just saying that's where I wrestle. Is that like because I'm going? You should wrestle. Oh, please yeah. tell me you're. Like the goodness of God, the righteousness of God, I can count on, right? So when you're going, innocents are getting ravaged in the judgment, I go, My ah, wife getting ravaged. Right, right, right. I go, oh, all I'm saying is that's, and I, I that's why I see what God's doing is I feel like God is taking ultimate responsibility for all that's going to happen. But I would still say all of that evil is just evil. Certainly. He's not saying, I'm going to make them do this. It's like, this is what's going to happen as a result of this punishment. He allows it to happen. Yeah. The devil says, here's what's going to happen. To have permission. He's not be like, oh, I'm... No. These are the instructions. Yeah, he says he's doing that. No, Therefore, yeah, he I is, will make yeah. the heavens tremble and the earth be shaken out of its right. place and the wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger like a hunted gazelle or like sheep none to yep. gather them. Each will turn to his own people. Whoever is found will be thrust through with the sword and whoever is caught will fall back. So, I mean, I, yeah, I feel like God's going, he's I'm about to move. All right? of this yeah. he takes ownership of. Yeah. All of it. Some of his uses, I will run you into my mountains. Right, right. right. That's, that's not to argue. That's it's just that part's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, that's upsetting. Maybe a little bit, you know, off topic a little bit. But I think these things also really point to the veracity of Scripture. Yeah. yeah. Because if if man was going to try and sell a faith, 
You wouldn't be putting that. No, 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 no. Mm. That's right. So that yeah, that's good. It's see. really hard to read, but it's yeah. God clearly speaking to us. He's telling us. It's in there because that's what He said. Exactly. Yeah. So, but back to the. Well, the, yeah. Let me before you say that. I don't know. If, will you finish saying what you're going to say about that? You're. I mean, I, I was basically going to say my my opinion is, and the way that I read it is that God is not doing those things, but His instrument of judgment is doing those things. So, although, you know, He's kind of ultimately responsible, like for everything that happens, He's not the one that's actually causing those things to happen. He's just kind of letting it... And I completely agree. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. I'm just saying, that takes some theology. You have to do a little <laughs> theologizing to get there. Yeah, yeah. You're going, it's like, it's like why, why, does, why, why does God allow evil is a different question than why does God why does God perform evil acts or something. Right. Right. God so doesn't perform, like, he allows yeah. it. He's got to get the devil's which is, permission. Yeah. Which is a really it. hard thing. We say that all the time, but I, I still we'll just completely joke. wrestle with the... I just do. Every time we say God allows it, I go, what is the real difference? That's right. I mean, he's responsible. Yeah. He allows it. I mean, yeah. I, I agree with that, but I have to say it's almost There's, like what your thing is when you read this. I, every time I hear that word, I just and I just, me personally, it's just complete personal comment. Well, I always wrestle with going, God allows it. There's a lot I mean, of what logic. does that mean? There's a, there, there's a lot of logic and a lot of reason that goes behind what what if scenarios? Like, could God have created a perfect world where everybody could freely choose not to sin? Like, is, is that within the realm of possibility? If that was the best world, why didn't God create that world? Okay, we'd all be what's, Yeah. What what are all the scenarios? Right. Right. Yeah. He did. Now, this world was created. Yeah, but yeah, but I think I think we have to say that it is it isn't possible. You know, it, it isn't possible for God to both give free will and allow people not to use it wrongly. That's right. Right. And so there's no scenario to where it works out where God both given free will in in the parameters that he set up because it's it's like God could have done God could have done a lot of things. It's like it's it's his will. He had it a certain way. And we look at evil, but we also have to look at eternity with God, like for for, for those who, who go into it, but um it's it's he designed it optimally. Right, there's no. It's not like perfection was possible given given the parameters of free will. And if there's no free will, there's no love. And if yeah. there's no love, there's no is, it worth, is it worth creating? Right. You right. know, should should God have just created robots? That's such a good point. Yeah. And a lot of people that don't want to take responsibility for their actions are like, yeah, I wish I was a robot. <laughs> it's like, well, that doesn't that doesn't absolve you from your responsibility no. and your. I want to go back to the matrix. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Great. Can yeah. I just ask about your class? Uh-huh. So was that a second year class? Probably not. The class well, was it, what, about genocide. Oh no, that was that was a theology. Yeah. yeah. So was that included about infanticide at all? Was that mixed in? Yeah. That yeah. We yeah. All, like we what, what, why? So why did God? Uh, like we do the band, like the Canaanite children. Okay. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So okay. it's like infanticide. Well, yeah, so coming to what you're saying, and and Molet. Yeah. And Molet. yeah. So it is kind of off topic, but it's it's kind of like you know our nation is at the place now. Israel became a nation after that. You know, six million people died, and then we have forty million that are 
called souls, I guess. And I, I would expect to see all of them in the heavenly hosts, uh, you know, when we get to heaven. That uh, it's kind of like, I, 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 with Jason, I kind of ponder that. There's a part of me that just wants to say, bring on the judgment. Bring it on, God. We deserve it. And um, I don't know if it's the zealous, zealot part of me or anger inside of me or whatever, but it's kind of like, we just so deserve it. Sky open, come. Or and, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or could you? Or could people think, oh, God couldn't judge us? It's like, how could you possibly say that God couldn't judge a nation or, or things that aren't happening couldn't possibly be a judgment from yeah. God? Right. So what's going yeah. on? It's like, yeah. Especially million, after reading through Isaiah, that's what we're seeing right. Isaiah, right? Abortions per year. Right. A lot of these like hypothetical situations about guns. Oh, we need our guns to protect ourselves in case the government turns on us and kills us. <laughs> But it's like a million babies are being killed every year. That's yeah. not that's not a hypothetical. That's and, and, and there's yeah. a reason that God is, is graphic, dashed to pieces before your eyes. Okay? They don't I mean, say, this is they don't say you get to have an abortion. It says, and we get to decapitate it. We get to use all the parts. We get to eviscerate, so cut to pieces, all this stuff, whatever we want. Right. Right? And yeah. it's like... This is a reality for public even consumption. We don't think about it That's anymore. like right before your eyes, right? It's the yeah. same thing. It's graphic and it's gnarly and it's scripture. Yeah, so, 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 so the same people that would point to God as being a maniacal, you know, megalomaniac, whatever, <laughs> are the ones and, and, and the worst character in fiction just in the God. Bible, because of something like that, they're the, they're the first ones that would that are all about a million babies being being murdered every year. Sure. Yeah, so. All right, so I want to go back. So Dale, I would Dale, you were going to say something. Yeah, <laughs> let everyone go around. Yeah, <laughs> try this for a second. Uh, think of one thing in your life that you would change. One thing that you would change. Would change. Would change. Just think about yeah. one thing in the, something that happened in the past that you would change. Only one thing? One event. Are you sure? One event. Some of you were real good, so you got a whole list. (laughs) He got me to take a class three years ago. A writing class for your personal history. So, in one of the classes, the teacher said that. Hmm. And then asked us to write about it. So we did. We went around. We wrote about it. And then we were supposed to read what we wrote. So we go around, and it just so happens that I happened to be at the end of the row. <laughs> so she got to me and said, read what you wrote. And I turned my book around, and it said nothing. And she was awestruck. She said, you wouldn't change any of it? And do so you agree? I said, I got really hurt a few times. I said a whole bunch of things that could have been changed. But if I went back and changed those things now, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair today. Mm-hmm. Because that change would have left something else, which would have yeah. left something else. Mm-hmm. So, no. Uh, a young girl asked me right outside that door one day, uh, how are you doing? Because we were walking by each other. And I said, you really want to know? And <laughs> she goes, yeah, how are you doing? Huh. No. I said, I know Christ. I'm married to Marilyn. My kids like me. I live in the 
You said that to me too. So it's uh, yeah, God's word is we gotta be real careful when we start saying we want to go back and change something or we want to eliminate something. Let's just not talk about that part. You know, and it's all part of our lives. Mm-hmm. If we get into that frame and we start saying We'll lie to ourselves on this part. And we start a whole, our life just the way off someplace. Got to be real careful about that. when you struggle with those thoughts to try and figure it all out, what gave me relief is I finally decided God's in control. My job's just to show up. Yeah. Really? That my job, all I got to do is keep showing up. Yep. Because he's in control. Right? And I don't need to worry about it. I just need to show up. And it is that simple. It is yep. that simple. But we make it all very complicated, is it? Mm-hmm. One know, line, just trust God. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> but but it really don't you is. think, though, too, I think some of it is... I think God does like us to wrestle. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? You know, and so I think that's part of it, too, where you go, I think there's some, when we show up, we are wrestling with it. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what, what we're doing right now. Yeah, we all show yeah, up. Yeah. Like, where he goes, I think sometimes, like, that's the learning. It's kind of like what you're saying. I want to change anything. And you go, the hard parts, you learn things that you, like, want to let go of, right? So you go, I think that, that's some of it, too, is like, and I, I think that's just to be clear. I think when I come across verses that I struggle with, I go, "Oh, those." Are, anytime I come to a passage of scripture, I have to teach that I'm like, "Oh, I don't understand this at all." Are always like my favorite messages, <laughs> right? Because you always, yeah, I think you're great. But you get into it, and then you start going like, "Oh, maybe this is what it means." Like yeah, what you're saying, yeah, that yeah, yeah. theology that comes out of that, the depth of that, and you're like. And well, that's you're beautiful. Showing that's you're beautiful. showing up and you're wrestling with yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. see that's what I see you doing with the narrow gate. Yeah. I just see yeah, you keep like, mentioning oh. your sermons. I just, he's well, you just start, really wrestling with that. It starts <laughs> opening things up, right? Which you go, it's just the brilliance of it. Yeah. Well, the question is if there's the narrow road and the wide road, is that the road less traveled? <laughs> so road less traveled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That made all the difference, right? Yeah. The narrow road crossing. All right. Well, good, good discussion, you guys. Really good. This is a good, like, sort of wrap up, wrap up of saying we just, we're now Isaiah 40. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, just a little week. button. What? Of, uh, personal. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me, uh, with the majestic power and everything mixed together with hope and even fire and brimstone and everything, I get the message. I, it's like a, a cruxing finger coaxing, saying, get closer, get closer. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I sense. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good. Um, so have, who did not get one of these? I don't think you got one. Uh, yeah. Did you get one last? I'll take another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one. Got one. Did you get one? I guess you guys didn't have actual ones. 
Commit this to memory. So next week, um, as we um, just really sort of introduce us into 40 through 55 and really the rest of Isaiah, you know, we've been having, as I said last week, we've been having some scriptures that become sort of a guiding point, a guiding post as we've been going through this. Um, Isaiah 8 over there has been one that we kept referring to a lot. We were referring to Isaiah 6 a lot. Um, this will be one, another one that will be sort of a uh, post in which to drive us through as we're starting to look at prophecy and we're starting to look at the way in which God works. So we talked today about some ways and patterns in which we see God worked in these oracles of the nations and everything. Um, next week, we're going to start looking at Isaiah 40 by starting first to look at Isaiah 48, all right, and in this passage. So even this week, if you want to just, you know, got it in front of you, just read it over and over again, just sort of, you know, meditate on just, you know, what, what is God talking to you about there? Um, but we will actually go through this next week and really spend time and look at this whole thing because you'll see that what, I mean, it, it really becomes almost the introduction for the rest of Isaiah um, because he says, um, where is it? Yeah, you know, I, in the past, I've declared you things of old. Okay, now they are created new. Okay, and now he's going to talk about, and now from this time forth, which is really what we're talking about with Isaiah 40 as we're going forward. From this time forth, I announce to you new things, hidden things that you had not known, but are, going, are now going to be revealed. And that's what we're going to see as we get to Isaiah 40. Um, but this is also talks a lot about how God, we think about prophecy and what is the function of prophecy. Um, this will become sort of our guiding post is okay. trying to understand how does prophecy work and what's it func- what's this function even today? So we're going to look at that next week. Um, did someone else say something? No, good. Okay. All right. Um, Jeff, you want to close us in prayer? God, thank you for tonight. And, um, I just so look forward to these nights. God, thank you for just what a, a privilege it is for us to be able to uh, read and study, and even grapple with your word. God, thank you for the way that it um, refines us and sharpens us. And um, God, I pray that we would have that sense of calm that comes from the reassurance that you are in control. Can't help but think of the cross and how all of these things ultimately you pay for yourself on the cross. And um, we thank you for that incredible act of love, God. And I pray that each one of us would leave with that sense of um, deep comfort and um, the security of that. God, thank you for this situation.